You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike if Radio. If you get a text message during the show, the rule is you have to read it on the air. So Ben Wellnat goes ballistic overhearing like stuff in the background. He's like, he's really <laughs> weird like that. It's kind of like Matt with group text messages. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by the scariest roller coaster anyone will ever ride. And Amanda Batty. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so tonight we're going to have Amanda Batty on the show with us. Uh, I talked to her via the Twitter, and she wanted to be on the show. She listened a little bit and realized that this is, uh, I think, to quote her, right up her alley. Which is which was like a huge, huge open doorway for like that's what she said jokes that I did not go down. <laughs> but um, I think Amanda has a little bit more JRA aligned view of the world than most of the professional female mountain bikers out there. Um, she uses the F word and talks about her personal life much more than most people. It's not just like great day riding my bike a bike. And a picture of like a bike leaned against a rock, like you know, every day is just a, a an Instagram commercial. Every day much. is awesome. Every day is awesome when I ride such and such bike. Yeah. Um, so, with all that said, um, Andrea has a couple of things that she wants to handle. Um, kind of like she handled the field at at the Winter <laughs> Park race this weekend. Yeah, I want another single speed race. Uh, you were the fastest non pro lady of the day. Gear, yeah, no yeah, gear, they, no matter what. They start the pro women, the expert women, and the single speed women all at the same time. And I had a pre-ridden, and I don't understand. Like, I don't think any of the other single speed women pre like rode the start of the race. And it was very obvious that a whole shot was incredibly important if you're single speed. Like all single speeders know that you don't want to get behind someone who's using their granny gear on a climb. It's hard. Like it makes it way harder for you than you have to pass and you use extra energy and all this stuff. Well, like the course started and you had like a quarter mile, maybe at the most of gravel, like double track. Not even that much. Not even that. Probably a eighth of a mile. Like barely a double track gravel start. And then you're on single track and you were just on single track. Like there's, it's not, double track or anything again for like miles and you're just climbing. And so then my, I just lined up right on the front row with the pro women and none of the other single speed. Well, I, I was like, there's no, there aren't any other pro women that need to be up here. Are they? And they're like, no, we're all starting together. It's okay. So, cause there was a left hand switchback that was a, a tiny bit steep. Like if you were starting in the very back of the group, you're going to get behind someone who's on their granny gear and who probably is going to screw it up. So, like, my goal was to get in the single track ahead of as many people as possible and definitely ahead of the other women on single speeds. And it worked out really well. Like, I actually only was behind a couple... Well, I guess there were maybe four or five that got ahead of me that I eventually passed. But the pro women, like, they just took off up the hill. And I, I saw I saw them, like, ahead of me every now and then, but I never caught them. Um, but I did catch all of the expert women who had been ahead of me. I stayed ahead of all the single-speed women. And, uh, and I won. So that was cool. 
Sweet. What'd you win? Um, a water bottle. That is baller as shit. <laughs> and a medal. <laughs> I got a I got a medal with blue ribbon, like to hang around my neck. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, single speeders just race for pride. They don't race for actual awards. Yeah, I had a race that I went to where the single speed dudes didn't get a podium. There wasn't even a podium. Nothing. Really? Yeah, really. Which race? That seems um, Slobber knocker in Arkansas. What, didn't they do a podium for everyone else? Yeah, they did a podium for everyone except men's single speed. Did no one like say, hey guys, what about men's single speed? No, they were like paying, they had like money ready and they were like paying people out and they just didn't have anything for men's single speed. That's pretty weird. So they had like a podium for like men, cat three, 30 to 31. Uh, They had men, old men, women, old women, and like tandem. (laughs) For the one tandem? Like two people did it on a tandem. So one position finished. So, yeah. Um, Let's keep keep going. Yeah, moving. I did that race this weekend. It wasn't fun. I I didn't do well. It was a gorgeous course though. Except yeah, for the last five miles. I didn't really uh, see much of it. I tasted I, I tasted blood and defeat the whole day. <laughs> so you tasted defeat. <laughs> um, yeah, the as in like the sock company. No defeat, as in getting like oh, absolutely slaughtered. I, like, I don't know what that means. Do epic shit, best socks in the world. Oh my god! <laughs> oh Sorry, my god. keep going. Oh my god! <laughs> keep going. Can't tell us your story. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't either. So Matt had yeah. a bad day racing. That's really rare. <laughs> well, no, actually, <laughs> to put it in perspective, I mean. Andrea and I usually couldn't turn like pretty similar times, right? And Andrea crushed you. I mean, that's pretty normal, though. Andrea finished two minutes ahead of me. Oh damn! And well, the, the I mean, usually if you have a bad day, I finish well ahead of you. And if you have a good day, like you beat the shit out of me. No, but you didn't finish well ahead of me. Like you were just like crushing the women's field. Yeah. I finished two minutes behind you. Yeah. And that was eighteen minutes off the lead man my age. So were you on your your only bike now, your hardtail? Yes. Man, if you had that jet, I don't know. Um, no, it was fine. It was the, fine for a hardtail. Here's what I'm running into in Colorado. I'm not strong enough to ride in front of the people that go downhill poorly. Does that make any sense? It does. I mean, if there's a big climb at the beginning, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and also this does like a wave start. So like two minutes after I started. I think it's only one minute, isn't it? No, the men's okay. fields are separated by two minutes. So two minutes after I started, the 30 to 40-year-old dude started. Two minutes after them, the 40-year-old dude started. So probably 40 people passed me during the race because they were like the hammers from the older group. I got you. So. I'm assuming. Yeah, because it started out like we climbed for an hour. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. most races out there that are kind of cross-country-ish, I'm assuming they start, like, kind of lower down, and then they climb up, and then they come back down. That's kind of standard, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, they, like, these, both races in the Winter Park Series have started on long climbs, and then have been, like, an up and down, but generally going downhill bias to the finish. I gosh, I mean, that makes sense. So if you get behind somebody with a motor, like, you're kind of in trouble. 
Yeah, it's like pretty much what happens to Matt is on the long climb to start. The dudes, you know, like some of the 40-year-old dudes will pass him, but then he catches them really, really fast when they start going back downhill. And they won't let him by because they're like leading their group. So, Matt, have you? Or no, it's not that they're leading my group. On the start line, the Winter Park thing is like, if someone from another group catches you, move. Right, that's their thing. Sure, and that's that's pretty standard, like nice. Except for when the fifteenth forty plus dude slides in front of you before entering the single track, like you know, you get what I'm saying. Like those dudes think that I'm a a really really like shithead that's just blown up. But the problem is I just can't pedal hard enough to go faster. But then we dive into the single track and they insist on going front because they're like forty year old. I'm an old guy. Let me in. And then they're just like heavy brakes every corner. So you, you've probably thought of this. Have you considered pedaling harder in the beginning? <laughs> um, I did. I did. Okay. I'm just checking. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't just say, Kenny, have you ever considered going to fuck yourself? <laughs> I seriously, in the in the first eight minutes of the race, I was so like absolutely redlined that I hit a water bar and I had no choice but to run off trail because I didn't have the strength to like fight my way back onto the trail. Man, maybe you should pedal harder and like do a push up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I know why I'm railing you. I can't wait till you come out here and I get to just grind your fucking face into the ground. Yeah, I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably we'll, in we'll, trouble. We'll go to, but this is fun we'll go for right to now, Gulch Canyon. No, I'll take you up Chimney Gulch. We'll, we'll, from the bottom? Uh, yeah, from the bottom. We'll go up Chimney. And I'll be like, why don't you just pedal harder, Kenny? Oh, man. Are you going to put a 30 on your bike before you come out? I don't know. What do you think? I'm prob- I think I'll do it. Yeah, you should. Put a 30 on there. Honestly, if, if you're going to keep the 36 in the back, I'd put a 28 on. Well, I think I'm going to do... Uh, I think I'm going to do XTR, uh, one by eleven. Oh well, that's fine. All right, well, put a yeah, put a thirty on with a thirty. Yeah, you're like the thirty forty is a very usable gear out here. Yeah, a thirty forty two is actually a little bit too low for like loose stuff or technical stuff because you end up just spinning out and not being able to control where you're going. Have you guys found anywhere? Not to get like too off topic. Have you guys found anywhere that has the uh, that XT cassette in stock? Um, no, but you can pre-order it 40% off from Chain Reaction yeah, already. Yeah, I saw that. I sent them. It's ridiculous that I work in the industry, and like I had to send Chain Reaction cycles an email to see if they get it first. That's like really messed up. The, all right, so it's time to weigh in. Amanda, what, what components do you ride? Um, I mean, it just depends on which bike it is, but I mean, like on my trail bike, on the on the one that I hate using... Um, because I suck at pedaling, unlike you guys. <laughs> I'm running. I've got a SRAM drivetrain. Um, I'm doing the one by thing. I'm in love with it. You know, and for Utah, I run the 30 up front. Um, it works. I like it. Um, Shimano brakes every time. I like to stop. Yeah. That makes me, <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> like, I, you know, there, there, you know, there are other brakes out there. There are great brakes out there, but fuck. <laughs> You can't go fast if you can't stop. So, like, are you are you in any way sponsored in a way that you kind of have to ride other people's stuff and not have much nope. of a choice? Nope. That's the nice okay. thing about being a shithead. Yeah, that's pretty awesome because, like, I'd, just, I'd be really, really scared about have, being forced to run something that I hate because, like, I can't 
I can't not say anything about it. I would be so pissed. Yeah, and like you know, there there are always you know those riders out there who are going to be, you know, like oh, I just want free shit, you know, and they'll run whatever. But you know, like that's why I they have, have like formula brakes or yeah. Magura brakes. Oh yeah, and that's like I don't know, you know, and there there have been offers for sure, you know, and but you know at the end of the day, like I want to run shit that I can trust, and if if you know if even if I'm paying for it, it's still you know it's I'm still trusting my gear. And that's that's everything. But. That's that's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, and that that reminds me. Like, if, have you, Amanda? Have you met anyone that uses an RS one fork and it, like is just totally fucking nuts for it? Um, not yet. Yeah. So I, Matt and I. Asked, oh yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say I haven't. Have you? Well, we asked a guy um, at the race at Winter Park. We were like. Matt talked to him for a second and we were asking him about his RS1 fork and I, I just like boiled it down to, so if we, if someone gave you a thousand dollars towards any fork that you wanted for your bike, would you run this one? And he said no. Like he very, like he was saying all these things like, oh, you know, it's all right. It's been fine. Blah, 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 blah. And he, you could tell he was like pretty just like, huh, about it. I mean, just because your fork, like, well, hold on, but then Andrew works doesn't mean it's good, right? But then Andrea says, so if someone gave you $1,000 credit next year for any Ford, would you have an RS1? And he instantly was like, oh, no, I'd have something else. Like, I the, think that's the question to ask people. I also think exactly. it's fascinating that I, for whatever reason, I never see anybody riding them. Like, so <laughs> why I, is nobody riding them? That's really weird, right? I know they're expensive I, I, as shit, but come on. If they, were, if they were super, super awesome, people would hear about it and buy them. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Pike, and if, Holy if people shit. if people love the that RS one as much as they fucking love the Pike, like the world would burn. <laughs> it, it would. There would be people selling their children to buy an RS one and new yeah. front yeah. wheels. Like Andrea, I'm and, sure. When we went to that enduro in Arkansas, I've never seen uh-huh. so many Pikes in one. Like I've never seen so many Pikes within a hundred yards of each other. It was <laughs> insane. You have to come to Colorado. There's Pikes all over the place. <laughs> really. I, I just bought one today for my for my new bike. What? You, you yeah, I'm gonna have you a couldn't 49. swing a dead sl- snake around in Colorado without hitting a pike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, there's an Aziz Ansari joke, like something about you couldn't sling a dead cat around without knocking into a something around here. I don't remember what it was. It, it's a good one. Okay. <laughs> it's very painful. Yeah, Do what? what? The Pecos Bill, the dead snake swinging around. Oh, I don't know who Pecos Bill is. Oh, come on. It's the age of Google. You Just make a mental note. Pecos Bill. <laughs> I know who, who Davy Crockett is, but... Oh, um, what else do we want to talk about? I want so Pikes and RS1. So where, are we, so where are we going with this show? Are we answering like questions? What are we doing? Do we uh, have questions? I don't think we do. Ben raced a Tonka, so he's probably pretty tired, and we didn't get questions. Earlier I looked, and I didn't see him. I can find out real quick. Um, so I do have a, a burning question for um, Amanda, since she's seen me on Twitter now. Would you swipe right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I would swipe right. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just a... Territory, Matt. It's, no, it's just a big joke because um, I've since following Amanda Batty on Twitter, I've seen some really 
fun stuff. And if you want to follow along, it's the Amanda Batty. Is that right? Yep. Um, uh, there's some good stuff. Uh, and she's very vocal, very outspoken. She uses all of her words and all the four letter words that she wants because she's a big girl. And she does whatever the fuck she feels like. Um, and I've seen some ribbing about doing things like she said something about using Tinder one day and you were told that like I wouldn't talk about using Tinder, blah, blah, public image, blah, 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 blah. And I just think that that's bullshit, that it's anyone else's business. Sure, if you broadcast it, then it becomes other people's business. But why does it matter what you do? Like, Boonin does coke on his days off, and no one gives a fuck about that. So if you use Tinder, why does it matter? Like, what's your thought on that? I want to start there. Mm, I mean, ultimately, it just boils down to the fact that people are fucking bored. Like, honestly, I will say, like, that's probably the biggest contributor to it all. People, people are way too busy worrying about how I'm living my life to worry about their own. And, and like, that's not, that sounds really harsh, I know. But, like, I mean, you know, whether it's commenting on my, all of the purple on my chair, like, like, oh my God, there's so, like, it's, fuck you. Like, I like the purple. <laughs> I like Tinder. Purple is awesome. That's my favorite. That's, well, like, my favorite bike color. And that's the thing is, it's like, you know, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, she, you know, you're so outspoken, you're so out- opinionated. Why? Because I have one? Because I actually express People it. don't, people don't like a woman with an opinion. No, no. People don't like anyone with opinion, but especially not a woman who, who isn't afraid to, who, because here's the thing is people are so, people are so careful. And, you know, they're very, they're very conscious of how they come off. And fuck, I mean, I was a PR major. I know how it goes. And I'm the opposite of that. That's not who I am as a person. And I can play the game just as everyone just as good as anyone else, but I don't want to. And I think that there's you know, people people see that and you know, oh, you know, you're outspoken, you're out, you're opinionated. Well, there aren't very many people who are going to give it to you straight. If you ask someone, you know, like the RS1 guy, you ask him, you know, point blank, you know, how do you feel about that fork? You know, you know any hems, any haws? And so you tell him, you know, well, if you had $1,000 to spend, if someone walked up and gave you $1,000 to spend on a fork, would you buy that one? And the first thing out of his mouth is the honest part. But what did it take to get there, you know? Yeah. It took three minutes, honestly, like real time, probably no joke, 140 to 200 seconds. I mean, what's super, super fun is, I mean, not being rude to people or short with people, but when people ask a question about a bike or a part, or what they should spend, or what they should buy, or what they shouldn't buy, like, just telling them exactly what you think, and telling them that, like, product A sucks balls, and product B is really good, and they don't even know what to do. Like, they look at you like you are not from this world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you have, it, like, you have 12 eyes. Absolutely. It's really, really funny, and really entertaining, and I, it's one of my favorite things to do. I love just people, I cut people off, so... Um, you know, again, we're, we're a huge service shop. We have a gajillion bikes that we work on every week and like, I'll just cut people off and I'm like, no, don't do that. It's a terrible idea. And they're like, but, but I'm like, no, don't do it. It's like, you don't want Mavic fucking Crossmax SLXs or SLRs. I'm like, if you're going to buy those wheels, you need to buy Two or three of every spoke that goes in that wheel today, so you always have them. But dude, have so you seen those you things? Get, they look hold so on. cool. It's like you need to get a you need to get drive side, non drive side, fronts, and maybe 
maybe different ones for the front because one of the drive side ones might work in the front for one side, but you're going to need three or four different linked spokes and numerous ones of each. You need to buy those today when you buy your wheels because when you break a spoke and you go into a shop in the middle of nowhere, let's just say you're going to Tatanka to do the Tatanka 100 and you break a spoke pre-riding, you have to take a spoke into the bike shop in order to have the bike shop fix your wheel so you can race the next day. You can't pass that burden on to every little bitty shop or even every gigantic shop all around the world. But if you have a fucking stands wheel and you break a spoke, I have a fucking spoke cutter. Or I can use a long nipple if I don't have the right length spoke. Or you can get a couple of regular spokes and toss them in your toolbox for five bucks. Like, people people don't think that. And you're right, they don't like that. They don't like it when you're just like, no. Ah. Eh-eh. No. But those cost a lot of money. They have to be good. Yeah, they're not that wide internal. Like, they're not that good. They're not that good. What they're I great find, cross bike wheels. I think what I find funny, especially in the bike industry, is this black and white. It's like this very clear line on some things until it comes to talking about products and what you love. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, she's fast or, you know, she's slow or, you know, like you're an asshole or you're a good person. And then it comes to talking about parts and they're like, eh, well, you know, it's great. You know, there are definitely some drawbacks, but, and it's like, okay, but you, you know, how, how do you want, do you want it all black and white or do you want it all gray? Because you can't apply black and white to people and grade a bike parts for fear of offending someone. Yeah, yeah. That's what I found. You know, you get into, yeah, and you, you get into um, how, you know, everything you read, almost everything you see on the internet, not everything, but most media stuff, if you see a part review or report or whatever, it's it's heavily influenced. And oh, that's always. why you get, you get like the, and that, that's why we don't review parts very often, because... Well, also, one, people just don't give a shit. I mean, the number of page clicks that Vela News and Bike Rumor and, like, Cycling News is getting is just out of control because you have to click 42 times to look at all the stuff about the new Mavic Axiom, like, mountain wheel or disc brake wheels that they just came out with. Well, it's a difficult world to live in because if if you're super honest about every product, and even if you are truly honest and, like, very objective about it, if you give some bad reviews, and I'm sure the other companies will hear about it eventually, then no one wants to give you anything because they're so scared that maybe you'll give them a bad review. So, like, it's just difficult. You know, and it, unfortunately, what everything turns into is bike rumor. And I'm not, I'm absolutely not bashing bike rumor. The reason I like bike rumor is because I can actually rely on it, even being in the business. Bike rumor has the current information on there. And I, you just have to read it in the correct way because basically they, they don't take sides. They basically just they just spew out whatever the PR people gave them, and they post it on there. So everything's like a big – it's not a product review that they're doing. It's just, hey, here's all the specs, and here's all the things they say is great about it, right? It's almost like a cycling RSS feed. It, right? it is, mm-hmm. and th- the thing about yeah. Bike Rumor is I really, I'm not bashing Bike Rumor. I don't want to go there, and it's good because it's, it's consistent in a way. It's, it's all bullshit, but it's consistent. I mean, everything – you just can't look at it as, oh, wow, the new Fox has XX, you know, whatever the heck it is, and it's going to be awesome because they say it's awesome. You just need to look at it and go, oh, here's a new product, here's a picture of it, and then you have to kind of come to your own conclusion about it. But it's nice because, you know, they post they post weights and pictures and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Um, but it's just a tough world to live in for, like, unbiased reviews because nobody wants to do it is the problem. 
And no one's going to have the funny to do it. So exactly. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't sucks. know what that means. It just. <laughs> I mean, it means, well, I mean, I it, think you should be able to talk shit about something, and that's fine. But don't just talk shit about something because you don't like the brand. Because that's silly. Like talk shit about it because it doesn't work for X reason and you've seen it in person. Like that's cool. Well, yeah, it's like how we don't really like Niners business practices, but we just can't deny that a jet nine is a nice fucking bike. Well, of course. That's I, why, I mean, I think we're pretty like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get, uh, our show is freaking awesome because we, you know, we're, we don't bullshit. We don't just hate a company because we hate a company or something like that. And very rarely, I think, do we just like hate on a company. That's ridiculous. I mean, except for Specialized. <laughs> no, I mean, and we have reasons why. It's like, hey, this company today did this awesome thing. And then tomorrow they do this thing that really pisses us off. And we're going to tell you why it pisses us off. Like, that's that's pretty fair, right? It is. Um, I think that's objective, like on a case-by-case basis. I think that's how you should deal with everything. Like, take whatever. Uh I guess we're going down this road now. So um, <laughs> take Shimano. Like, I love most everything Shimano. The brakes are awesome, et cetera, et cetera. But they had a past where if you ever had a problem with their product, they basically took the stance of our stuff is awesome. It never breaks. You're wrong. And if you think you're right, you're going to pay shipping to get it out to us. And that's like that was kind of silly. So, you know, that's the kind of both sides of the situation. Like, we don't I'm not going to permanently hate on Shimano because they did that one thing. Um, it's just, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be reasonable about it. You have to be reasonable and you have to be, again, objective. Like, um, for instance, uh, what's a good, like Niner. Sure. They make a, a, a cross country bike that rides great, but the problem is, is they don't support their local dealers and they don't really have a good, uh, strong relationship where the IBD is number one. Um, competitive cyclist and Jensen is number one for for them. Exactly, um, exactly. You're like, well, hey, we like Niners. I still ride a Niner. I like it. You know, I like a whole lot of their designs, um, but they do some dumb stuff, just like a lot of companies do. And, like, and, and say what you will and hate Specialized, but you will never see – New specialized S-Work bikes blown out on eBay or on, on Jensen or competitive and like say what you will and hate on their stuff, but you won't find their aero road helmet at dealer cost on some website, like a legitimate bicycle company website. Yep. Um, no, that's, that's a hundred percent true. And like what I learn time after time after being in it for a while is I wish there was a company. Like deep down inside, I, don't, I just wish there was a company that kind of did everything right. You know, if you needed to like, hey, I need to buy a handlebar, a stem, a post of this or that, I can just automatically go to this company. It's all going to be awesome. It's all going to work. And I never have to worry about it. Unfortunately, like we just don't live in that world. So, you know, Ooh, when I got a little bit of a that's the assumption of perfection. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one company does one thing really well. Another company does another thing really well. And of course, they want to, they use, they leverage that one thing they did really well to make people think that all these other products they come out with are just as awesome. And unfortunately, that's usually just not the case. So you have to really pick and choose um, what it is. So I've got like a little bit of like a a company problem tangent to go on to. Yeah, weren't you super mad about something? Okay, so you know how Pivot came out with that uh, 429 trail? Yes. 
and it's like their first Boost 148 bike. Boost, Boost. <laughs> so every time I hear someone say Boost, I think about that that rap song, Let Bruce, where like Let Bruce Boost. Yeah, it. Let Bruce Boost it. I just want to be like Let Boost 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 it. Like I don't I don't know. You're, you're you have to stop that for the rest of the episode. You're you're a weird dude, Matt. <laughs> I like you a lot. You're a weird dude. Boost. <laughs> Boost. Stop. <laughs> boost. <laughs> okay, so they've got that one boost. It's 148 in the rear, 110 fork in the front. So now all of the 29ers that they ship that come with a Fox 34 fork um, that is spec'd on that bike, um, every other 29er, including the Les and the Mach 429 SL, that are not boost in the rear they come with the fox 110 boost fork that's not going to last long so i'm confused you're saying the longer travel trail bike comes with the shorter travel fork no 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 no. hold on hold on this is this she tried to explain this to me and it got really confusing yeah because let me describe it this way pivot came out with the trail bike which is a 110 millimeter spaced front hub yes now every 29er that they sell, regardless of its rear end spacing being traditional 142 or 148, is using the boost front standard. So it's oh, a okay. it's a 110 spaced front hub, 142 by 12 rear hub. Oh. So you can't even buy a fucking wheel set unless it's like a stands wheel where you're buying it like piece by piece by piece. I gotcha. So yeah, yeah and I mean, so we like- had we had uh, two customers get custom wheel sets for their new bikes and now they both have to get different front hubs laced into their wheel sets because pivot never told us that that was going to happen and actually the first we got a, a, a 429 sl bike a complete about a month ago and it came with a fox 34 with 100 spacing with traditional spacing and then they switched over without telling anybody to the 110 front spacing on everything. That sucks. They just started shipping them. Yeah, just started shipping them. And then the, the person I talked to at Pivot got a little bit salty with me, like wanting to pretend like we should know that that was happening when we had no idea at all that that was happening. This is the first I've heard of it. And we're a major Pivot dealer. so. Oh, you didn't know that? I had noticed. Shit. No. Yeah, know. you need to... any. Any customers getting a 29er Pivot, you just have to warn them that if they have wheels, they want to use instead of like the I mean the DT Swiss wheels that come with them aren't terrible but they're not really good either but if I bought a new like see that actually for me though that would be a tipping point like if I were buying a new pivot today I would buy the the regular one so I could use my existing carbon i9 wheels and then I would get my bike in and go to put my front wheel in, and it'd be like hot dog down a hallway. It'd be like, wait, what? Uh, hold yeah, on. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. Hold to me. on, I, I got a checking and a savings. I was putting it, a guy's bike together, like and that. I went to put the front wheel in, and it was like clunk, clunk, clunk. I was like, oh, this doesn't fit. This is a one ten fork. Well, this is why that you was should when build I were... custom bikes. Boom. You just can't. The customer can't afford them. Is the problem? Yeah, I mean, it's so much cheaper to get a complete bike. Well, work harder. <laughs> Don't hurt right, him. Who who was that? Who who said that just the other day? Who said that? Some politician. Uh, I don't know. It was Americans one of the old need to work men. harder. It was one of those old white men. 
Bitch, yeah. I'm hustling. Don't 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 tell me work harder. I'm hustling already. <laughs> I want to go to like the Italian work week. Was it like twenty hours a week? Something like that. that. Sounds awesome. And you get to go home for a nap. They do have a nap. Uh, that's that's yep. no. I mean, is that all like Latin countries? They just take a siesta. Mexico just like, Fuck it, and a couple time. other countries they have siestas, but it, um, Italy has something different. And some other countries, maybe do the Dutch do that? Like they they just like go home for a couple hours. And is that actually a country? Yeah, is Dutch actually? Dude, it's a Dutch. A it's a Dutch country, man. It's near Holland. Or do they? It's near Holland. Do they just make wooden shoes? Is it just <laughs> a big wooden shoe? It's near the Holland. It's a big wooden shoe floating around the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that's where Dutch people live. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's thank you. that's great. Um, hmm. So I'm really confused. About what? Uh, just the whole wheel thing. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, it's a really crappy transition period we have here because like this stuff happens and like it it just sucks. My pike isn't boost and it's fucking dope. It's <laughs> it's funny that Amanda said that. I don't know. Did you listen to any of the episodes where I was just like rambling on and on and like all but blowing my charger damper? Yes, I think I was. Yeah. I think I listened to one about that. I mean, they're just fucking good. They just do what you need them to do. Like, they're, uh, they're good forks, but you know, fuck. I'll take my 36 and that new 34 any day of the week. Yeah, I, I was know. having a hard time deciding between a Pike and a 34 for my my new bike. I'm getting a, a 429 SL. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, yeah, it would probably be cheaper if I got the 34 through Pivot uh, employee purchase instead of ordering a Pike separately. But then they threw out the 110 thing. And I was like, oh, well, that makes that decision really easy. Has anybody here like, written the new, out. the 2016 Fox 34? I have. No. Really? Is it awesome? It is so sick. It's a mini 36. It's just as plus, just as smooth, and just as responsive. Like, I, um, so we went out, I actually wrote it on Pivot. Uh, oh, she got a text message. No, that's me. Sorry. Kenny, you have to read it on the air. Um, uh, Sure. Oh. Oh, it's all Hold it's on. all team stuff. It's not very exciting. It's like let's hear about the fork. Like, Where are you going to ride tomorrow? Blah blah blah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, but the fork is sick. Actually, I, we rode it on a pivot down in Phoenix, and uh, it's. I was surprised. I was I was not excited, and then I got really excited because when when you get a downhiller that's used to abusing shit, just mercilessly, just awful abuse. Yeah, and yeah. then. You get on what I consider a tiny fork, quote unquote, and I just have a blast. Like that's that's good shit. Like that's good product when you can put so someone. Do you, do you like it good. better than a pike? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't. I'll be honest though. I was not a fan of the other thirty-four. Like a- anything else before the sixteen. Yeah. No. Ew. No. But so here's my question though, as a consumer. Would taking the slight reduction in performance, would that be better served because of the – or would that be offset by the except, uh, exceptional customer service that you can get on your pike that, that you as a shop can offer the customer for their pike because SRAM is going to offer you the like, it broke, I'm sorry, let's get that fixed for you. 
Does that make sense? That's a really good question. Yeah. That's like a if really you were a customer and you had to buy, if you had to tell a customer to buy a 34 or a Pike, would their cost of ownership on the Pike be lower because SRAM's customer service is going to allow you to keep that customer rolling cheaper? No, that's a really, really, really good point. That's it's like a million yeah. dollar question. Or really, it's a four hundred dollar question. No, it's a super. It's a really good point. Like Fox, really, I've been rooting for Fox lately because Fox sucked ass for like from two thousand and say eight to like two thousand twelve. They were, in my opinion, the one of the worst forks you could buy. Now, I'm not talking about the forties and stuff because I don't. I just don't ride those. I don't know. But in the cross country world, in what I would consider is like the meat of the market, their fork was shit. Like Rock Shocks was killing them with the Reba and all their other stuff. And then way before that, Fox was awesome because they were the first fork that actually had like real oil like in their forks. It was like kind of amazing. And this is like what two thousand to two thousand four somewhere in that ballpark um, when they had the Fox float that was super popular. And now I think they're kind of coming back on the uptick, and I'm kind of rooting for them, uh, especially now that like, their small bump compliance is getting a lot better and all this. But they have got to offer more than a one year warranty on their forks. That's just ridiculous. I agree. I agree, especially with how with how stringent their warranty process is. And I would say, like as a brand, that's their biggest struggle is the is the warranty, their customer service, and their availability of information. Just it's not there. They can't. I mean, the fork, the product now definitely competes, if not outdoes Rockstocks, but they cannot compete from a customer service standpoint. You know what I don't understand is this: How hard is it for Fox to employ? two or three full-time people and all they do is service forks and it basically if any fox customer feels like fronting the shipping to ship a fork out to them that they'll just say or if the customer says hey my my fork feels a little sticky on the upper part of the travel or this or that or whatever it is within some certain time period just you mail the fork into fox you eat the shipping there and they just take care of it they just do a ground-up rebuild on it. They check it on all their stuff, their little shock dyno they have there or whatever. They rebuild it and, and sign off and say, hey, everything looks cool. And they just send it back to you. If all it needed was fork seals, who cares? Because the customer just paid shipping. You send them back a product. The customer knows it's going to work. And what does it really cost you as a company? I mean, to employ three people, you're talking about at least $140,000 all said and done probably. I know. But in the grand scheme of things, the amount of revenue that Fox makes, $140,000 is absolutely nothing. Well, it's, a, it's 140 forks at retail. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's nothing because it, it makes their brand. People just say, oh, of course I'd buy a Fox. I don't care if it's $1,000 because I know that if I even think there is a little problem with it, I can just send it off to Fox and they'll, well, and yeah, they'll fix mean, it. That's what happened like John's um, – pike on his he has a new proof and his pike wouldn't lock out and he said it just didn't feel good like that was his complaint it doesn't feel good and it doesn't lock out i said there's something wrong with the damper and i looked and there's like 18 pages of service for it and boost (laughs) that doesn't even make sense no 18 pages that's like a you need like a boost fork to like handle all the pages like there's 18 pages of service for the just the damper, and I'm like, you know, it, and he's he said, let's just send it in instead of buying the bleed kit and the service parts and all that. Just send it to Rock Shocks. 
RockShox just replaced the damper and sent it back. See, isn't that cool? And I agree. That's like, I know that if a customer has a RockShox product and there's something kind of sketchy, because don't get me wrong, I'm going to do everything in my power to fix it. If it just needs wipers, I'll do wipers. If it needs this, I'll do that. But if it's something that's weird and I look at it and go, huh, this might be a little weird. Like, this feels a little funny. I'm not sure. I can pick up the phone, call RockShox and say, hey, here's this person. They bought this fork. They love it but they're just, they think it's not quite right. They go, cool, just send it to us and we'll rebuild the thing. No questions asked every time. So if Fox could get that under control, then they would kill it. They would be, I mean, they would be the end all be all. And I'm just shocked they don't do that. Well, here's the thing though. You also have to remember that SRAM is selling for every RockShock fork that they sell that's nice. They sell an XC32 they sell a Torah. They sell... Um, and I understand that they are... Not that Fox is not in the OE business. They absolutely are. But probably not, obviously, to the extent that SRAM is. You know, they're not selling X4 derailers on Walmart bikes. Well, and not only that, but I was going to say... Not all the... I'm talking about all the bikes that come with RockShock forks, but then all the people that are buying RockShock forks because... They believe that their 26-inch GT Highlander with a blown-up Judy needs a new rock shock on the front. And, like, I don't think Fox makes anything 26-inch with V-brake post. So rock shocks is literally probably one of three options that doesn't include, you know, and there's not a Fox option. I think you can probably get, like, a Magura that does it, maybe something else, but... Um, or not a Magura, like an X-Fusion, I mean, but you, there's there every dude with an old shitted out 26er is buying a RockShox replacement fork. And, like, that dude is just, like, his head explodes. Like, he goes and rides his bike after getting that XC32, and his head just, like, explodes. Like, like think about it. Like, so are you thinking Fox needs to make a cheaper fork so that no, they can I'm support the high-end stuff better? No, I'm saying that their stuff is so good, or they have so much stuff that's just like okay. That they um, we'll have to watch that later. Andrew is trying to watch something on Facebook, and it's like it looks like a person escaping from prison while a newscaster is in front of the prison. Um, they're making so much stuff that people don't have problems with that they can take care of all the stuff that people do have problems with. Like, if one in ten people with a Pike have a problem, Fox doesn't have that depth of the hundred people that bought an XC32 that had no complaints because it worked a thousand times better than their old Judy that hadn't worked in ten years. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I guess it depends on how you look at the business. The way I look at it is, yes, if Fox needs to spend 200 plus thousand dollars to have the little department and hire some people and all the other stuff that has to go on to basically take care of kind of middle ground questionable forks that may or may not just need a regular service and they just take care of it and they do it. Surely if the word gets out that they do that, how it would be so easy to recoup that $200,000 in increased sales is the way I look at it. But Hey, whatever. I mean, or a side angle, they would be inundated with people trying to do requests on older forks. True, would be that's, inundated that's what I was going to say. With their user base that now wants a piece of that better customer service. And at this point, it's a lot less of a fucking headache than to say, you know what? Sorry, guys, the product is what it is. We're, we're about the product. You know, our, our product services high end mountain bike, you know, high end experienced mountain bikers that generally know how to do their own shit. 
And so they put the, that onus on the customer that, you know, they make you feel a little guilty. That's, you know, that's the key. They make you feel a little guilty for not knowing how to service your own fork. Sure. And then, you know, and, and ultimately they're, they're two different, completely different companies that happen to make similar products or, you know, essentially the same product at this point. But, a boing. It goes boing on the front. It's, yeah. It but, saves you know, my ass when I get too rowdy. They're two different companies doing two very different things. You know, like you guys said it, Rockstocks does, you know, OE shit on Walmart bikes where Fox never has and they never will. Uh, honestly, that's that's my opinion. You know, they just they're that's not where their that's not where their vision is. I mean, definitely customers know that because when a customer sees a Fox, I mean, so many times people come to me with a, an eBay ad or whatever the hell they want me to look at, because apparently that's my job as a as a bike shop employee is to analyze their <laughs> eBay purchase. But anyway, they go, whoa, man, it's got Fox shocks front and rear. That's got to be awesome, right? So, I mean, I know Fox has built this brand and this high-end brand, and that's great. But I don't know. I just want to see a little better customer service from them. On, I mean, if someone's going oh, to spend $1,000, you know, I just want to see a little effort. And the thing is, they don't need to make it that public necessarily. But even just from a bike shop standpoint, if you say, as a bike shop employee, hey, I looked at this fork. And something doesn't quite seem right. I already did a seal replacement or whatever I did. Do you guys mind taking a look at it? You have to like fight tooth and nail right now to get them to take that back to even look at it. Yeah, but then you have the bike shop dude that's going to like abuse that always because Specialized has that unconditional or like that, that no questions asked guarantee, 90 day guarantee on every Specialized product. Now, that's a that's a big hassle for us. I, and I definitely understand that. I mean, there's there is going too far with it. So what competitive cyclists did, for example, I think was taking it too far, where for a very short period of time, as you guys can all recall, um, they had that whatever they called it, the no questions asked return. And, you know, people would Unlimited buy, return. Yeah, they'd go buy a, and it was so I mean, these customers tr- showed their true colors of being complete assholes, but they would go buy whatever a Santa Cruz and. They'd ride it for a year. They'd come out with a new model like they always do, and they would return the old complete bike and get a new one, and they would leapfrog from model to model, which is insane. So obviously that particular business practice is not sustainable. But, you know, there's kind of – No, they lost money hand over fist, and they also cost local shops a lot of money. Yes. Because nobody was buying from local shops at that point, you know, and, you know. And and what was terrible for us – Little uh, competitive was still on Little Rock then, so ground shipping was next day. So people could literally, I could tell them shit was wrong with their bike. They could buy it from competitive and bring like that afternoon and bring it into the shop the next day. Yeah, for free for ground shipping, free. Yeah, it was crazy, but obviously it was not. <laughs> it was not sustainable. But they're out there by you now, aren't they? Yeah, they're here in Utah. Wait, didn't something happen to like who owns it? Backcountry is that right? Yeah. So. Backcountry owns competitive cyclists, and they were recently purchased from Liberty Media by a company called TSG. They own PBR and Revolve Clothing. So, yeah. I thought that there was a recent transaction that happened again with Backcountry or something, or competitive cyclists. There was, last week. Oh, okay. Last week it was announced, yeah, and that's the company that just bought them, is the PBR owner. okay. Gotcha. Um, They were owned by by Liberty Media before, which was kind of a... um, it was it was essentially a placeholder um, that held that held backcountry for a long time, um, and then a private you know private equity firm TSG came in and bought them, 
and you know, for all intents and purposes, it it looks like a hell of a move. Inten- intensive purposes. What? Intense and purposes. No, intensive like porpoises. Intense porpoises. You definitely like very angry porpoises. I, I definitely heard going like, very fast. Intensive. The dolphins are pissed. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. No, so, it's a good move. So one of our one of my coworkers is named Dolphin. It's a family name, and uh, the joke is his name's Dolphin. His parents did that on porpoise. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Does anyone have a drum sound? A what? A drum? The dun dun. No, no, we don't have one of those. Um, I don't think we should ever get a soundboard. We're not allowed to ever have a soundboard. Can I? I if oh we my get god! A, no. a soundboard? Can I? No. Can I play with it? Only if it's that rap horn noise. The pukan. Just. I have that just, on my phone. Just again will. and again if we and have again. A soundboard again. It's only going to be rap lyrics. That's it. That's all we're allowed to have. <laughs> What? Exactly. That's fine. Okay. I'm sorry, sir. Can you repeat yourself? Um. So, so do you have any? Um. So now that they're in Salt Lake, do you think that there's other people that are in Utah for the purpose of being near competitive cyclists? Because I've heard that that is a true thing. That people want to be like they wanted their warehouse near competitive. So at the end of the season, it's easy to make that shuffle. Do you do you think there's any validity to that? Like Mavic and Mercury Wheels and Envy, they're all right there. Um, I wouldn't say that there's. I see that argument, and I look at all the other ones, like you know the low corporate tax rate in Utah. I look at the the R and D properties in Utah, especially for Envy. You want to you want to beat the shit out of some wheels? Move to Utah, just because. <laughs> I mean, there's no better place to test those wheels. There's no better place to test any of that gear. And, you know, you know, you look at Reynolds, you look at, I mean, even if you, even if you go wider spanning with the outdoor industry, you know, Solomon, you know, all of these, you know, Rosignol, all of these companies that have moved to Utah or been built in Utah. Um, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily because of, you know, one company. It definitely helps. It helps, you know, with the, with the business environment there, but it was, I've heard, you know, certain things like that, but I'm, I don't know. I would be, I'd be a little bit more apt to believe something, something else. Something more profit driven on a day to day basis, like the low corporate tax rate is much more believable. It's just very easy. And like you said, this goes back to your beginning. People are just fucking bored. They're like, oh, the Mavic moved to Utah so the fucking competitive can blow their wheels out at the end of the year. I mean, that's just ridiculous if you think about it. If you step back for a minute and think about it, that's ridiculous. I don't doubt that it's one tiny little checkbox somewhere to like make a decision, but surely that's not like the main reason. That's silly. I mean, there's, there's, there's a huge difference between a benefit and, and, you know, and a reason. And I think that Mavic being in Utah is a benefit. It's not, you know, it's not the decider. It wasn't the influencer of that decision. And also the industry, even though the bike industry is gigantic, it's still pretty tight and pretty small. Like you want your buddies to hang out with. It actually shocks me compared to other businesses, how tiny or how close knit the bike industry is. It's crazy. But what I was going to say is like the dude from Reynolds is like, dude, it's great here. It's like fucking dope. It's like our taxes are like a quarter, a quarter of a percent. No, a quarter a year. And the dudes from Mavic's like, fuck, we got to get to Utah. 
and the dude from like the Reynolds guy or the the Mercury dude is buddies with some people from Mavic, and they're like. Utah too, huh? He's like, dude, taxes are a quarter a century. You pay one quarter every century you do business there. And they're like, oh, we're coming. Like, so what I'm gathering is all all bike industry executives are stoners. They are. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, it's very possible that they are. Um, <laughs> I've been to a bike company now, and it seemed pretty possible. Okay. So a dude from Yeti walks in and he's like real tight with us. Like he comes in, he he borrows shop time, he like, you know, buys small parts because they buy like kits and stuff and they can't sell just, you know, dude from Yeti can't really just buy like a pulley for himself, you know. So uh he comes in and he's like doing his normal shit. He I think he used to work there a long time ago or they've just been tight for so long. Like he just walks in and like walks in the back, like and it's cool. But um the dude looks at one of our mechanics looks at everyone else and goes, is that guy fucking slow or something? Like, right there in front of him. Like, I mean, it's like, how how much of a surly stoner bastard are you if you don't have the, like, social skills not to do that shit? <laughs> Was the guy actually slow? Uh, no, we, we don't know. I don't, I mean, not like, <laughs> it's not like, I mean, he doesn't he change. He doesn't change flats very fast. He didn't stop at a stop sign the other day and, like, creamed a car on his motorcycle, though. No, that's not good. Was it a motorcycle or was it like a ruckus? No, it was like motorcycle, motorcycle. So, oh shit, what does Amanda think of fucking e-bikes? Well, don't get me started. No, I want to get you started. All right. I want to get you all fired up. Do you want the professional athlete side of it or do you want my personal opinion? Personal opinion? I want... I want to, can you put those two in a blender and spurt them out? Sure. On one hand, I think that e-bikes make sense for the elderly, the ill, um, and anyone who doesn't actually know how to ride a bike or that doesn't like being active. And on the other hand, I think they're fucking bullshit. They're goddamn motorized vehicles. They're not bicycles. They're fucking motorized vehicles. And they don't belong on the trails. They don't belong anywhere except for a fucking sidewalk or a goddamn road. Yeah. What's wrong? Well, okay, so let's take that further. What do you do when this – so like here in, in Denver, there's a lot of sidewalks that are gigantic because they're also the path. Like it's the mm-hmm. bike path. It's the sidewalk. It's everything. And if there's a sign that says no motorized vehicle, how do we as the public – how do we as the cycling industry set a standard? Because the bike companies want that to be a bike so you can go ride it on the bike path. But, but it's not a bike. It's a motorized vehicle. But the, the the trail says no – it's the bike path, but there's a sign that says no motorized vehicles, but you bought it from the bike shop. Like how do we fix this? How do you, how do you solve that problem? Like, and then like the other day, a, my, one of my coworkers nearly got fucking creamed against between an e-bike and a brick wall because dude whiskey throttled around a corner on the path and nearly pinned him to the wall. See, that's the thing though. We solved the problem by not creating the fucking problem in the first place like you can't have little mini motos on a bike path it doesn't matter if they are 25 cc's if it's a lawnmower and it's attached to a moving vehicle guess what it's not allowed on a bike on a bike path same with motorized bikes same with e-bikes it's not it's no longer a bicycle the second that you mount a fucking motor on that thing 
It's no longer a bicycle because you can't go anywhere where that sign is. Yeah, I think and that's that, simple. I mean, if you if you're in like an average really suburban simple. place and you're on a sidewalk, like you know, I understand that in some jurisdictions, blah blah blah, you can't ride a bike on the sidewalk. But for this example, let's just say you're allowed to. There's no sign basically, so you're on the sidewalk with your e-bike and you're 90 years old and you're riding it. Like I don't have a problem with that, but I do. I have a problem if someone says if it says no motorized vehicles, like the green line in Memphis. It says no motorized vehicles, right? So in my eyes, that means no pit bike, like 50cc motorcycles, which are like awesome, by the way. And I would love to tear down the green line on one, but you're not supposed to. So I won't, except like really late at night. But (laughs) um, same thing with e-bikes, like an e-bike would be a motorized vehicle in that case. So like that's that's the way I see it. Unless there's a sign that says no motorized vehicles, then unfortunately, I think it goes. Yeah. I, oh, it's free reign. And unless people, you know, start putting signs up, it's definitely free reign. You know, sidewalks, whatever, it's out, you know. It's if there's no sign, have at it. You know, there's there's definitely not a sign that, you know, says that I that I have to hold the door open for someone. Um, you know, it's I think it's a common courtesy thing, but you know, courtesy isn't all that common. That makes me sound really pessimistic, but it's you know, but it's also on on the other hand, I look at growth of the sport quote unquote, or in italics or however the hell you want to put that. Um, you know, and I, and I see people who, okay. So, uh, like, uh, six weeks ago, I sold a, an old guy who's recovering from pancreatic and liver cancer. He's 76. He was a professional cyclist at one point when he was younger, professional road cyclist. He loves riding bikes, but unfortunately due to his medical condition, he cannot. So he bought a stork. And he was elated that he could finally ride a bike again. And you know what? I was fucking stoked. I was so excited for him because for the first time in, I think he said like 12 years, he's back on a bike. That's huge. That's huge. Are you serious? That's huge. That's so good for him. But at the same time, they're also, you know, just like everything else, just like the unlimited return policy, just like the unlimited warranty policy, there are dickbags who are going to abuse it. So I think that the customer that you dealt with, though, is a huge, huge exception. This oh, dude's, yeah. like, pinned it on sketchy, like, chrome-plated rims before down mountains. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think He's that this exception. dude's going to kill someone. But no. the scary part is you have – you take normal normal fat person that doesn't go fast, and suddenly you're giving them, like, 300 watts on tap. Like, like there's people going 22 on the bike path where – you. I can't go 22 on the bike path because, you, you know, you just can't go that hard that often. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. I absolutely agree. So, I think that's where that's where my passion at the subject comes into play. I don't think that they – they're motorized vehicles, and motorized vehicles go on the roads. So it's going to be really sketchy in the near future, I think, because just the rate of, te- the rate of technology with batteries and motors and things getting smaller and lighter – Soon, these little bastards are going to be, like, really fast. Well, and really cheap. Oh, see, here's the thing. The Specialized Turbo is the only one that I have, like, real, real stuff with. But this, the E-Assist, so they used to, they were working on developing electric recumbent assist bikes in Memphis when I was there. And to not be considered, like, or to still be considered a bike, there was some number, it was 19 or 22 or 24 miles an hour, was where the assistance stops. So that's going to be 
a limiting factor. I think that's probably a pretty good place to start. I'm not saying that's like the end all be all. And I don't mean to go like too deep into this whole e-bike thing, but I think having a, some kind of governor on it, like having an assist up to a certain point, I think is okay. But like really limiting that top speed, I think will help. I don't think it's going to solve the problem, but I think it's a pretty good step in the right direction. Cause like technology in a few years, you're going to be able to put these things ripped to 30 and 40 miles an hour on these little lithium batteries. And it's going to be like nutso. And that's the thing is they're going to be you'll in in a few years you'll have to download a different it'll pretty much be like jailbreaking your iPhone to have a specialized turbo that'll go over that'll do 35. Well, I mean, I think there's some kind of a governor on them now, isn't there? Because there I remember is. when there was like that the e-bike world championships, <laughs> the winner was what? like, yeah, certain parts of the course we're pushing the whole bike because we're going over certain miles an hour or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's, that's I think I'm glad, I, Amanda, I'm glad you agree with it. I feel the same way. I mean, it's basically like the BLM in, um, God, was it in Moab? The BLM uh-huh. somewhere put up actually put up signs that said no e-bikes. Yep. And that's what it's going to take. Okay. That's what I thought, yep. but I couldn't remember for sure. Well, I knew it was out west somewhere. It's motorized vehicles. You know, you can't. That's yeah. their if it's a moto trail, go go for it. And that's what they say. You know, because yep. yeah, that's what they said. Exactly. You know, these bikes are welcome on jeep trails and moto trails, but they said you know on on bicycle and pedestrian only trails, these you know no motorized vehicles. And yep. You know, and they've also done it in Salt Lake too, at an area called Corner Canyon. Um, you know, some of the trails they've they've you know explicitly stated no motorized vehicles. So, you know, we'll see. That's good. And then I had a I had someone at work try to be a super asshole. They're like, "Well, DI two has a motor," and I was just like, "Shut the fuck up! A DI two <laughs> motor does not help move you down the trail." They're like, "Will you save energy shift?" I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> yeah, you're shut the fuck up. Your iPhone has a little motor in it, so to vibrate, you dick bag. Mmm. Mmm. Vibrating <laughs> iPhone. Mm. <laughs> Can you just call me for like the next five minutes straight? <laughs> take your phone off your crotch nope um so we did have some donations and we have one question um, oh now you found it i found it so peter mcphee from alberta canadia sent ten dollars and uh oh someone from utah i'm sure that amanda knows this person racer gibson of racercycleservice.com from provo utah sent in 25 bucks so um thanks For what was the website RacerCycleService.com. All right. RacerCycleService.com sent $25. Yep. Uh, There's a really, really, really long question in here. Um, Dude from North Carolina wants to know if he should get a new Trek Top Fuel or if he should get a Fuel EX. And uh, he says he wants to do 100-mile races, blah, blah. End of the day, what he needs to do is get the Fuel EX and... Because suspension's gotten so nice now, the extra 20 millimeters of travel isn't really going to hurt the efficiency of the bike for your longer races, but it's going to make it rowdier in Pisgah. So that's pretty much the end-all, be-all these days is like... Um, Getting rowdy. Just No, just if you want a bike that's going to be great, get the big travel bike. It's usually a stiffer bike. It's usually going to ride a little bit better, especially if you want to get a little rowdy on it. And then... Um, you know, if you want the bike to feel light and fast and snappy, just put really fancy wheels on it. Um, and that's something else, too. If you're going to do that this year, I mean, he says he works at a Trek shop, but you got to be forward thinking. 
do you want to be able to run the wheels from your existing 29er on it? If so, you have to buy a 2015 model. If you don't care about that, you can get a 2016 because 2016, the fuel is going to be boost. Boom. That was kind of my tipping point between the new Trail 429 and the 429 SL was the wheel thing's not huge. I mean, I could get a set. Industry 9 is a great sponsor of mine. Uh, not only are their wheels great, they are good sponsors, um, but they offered me a good deal on getting some boost hubs put in my wheels. But I also have two power meter cranks, and the chain line on those wouldn't be very good with the new boost stuff so boost (laughs) (laughs) so i that was kind of my thing it's like well you know for there's just extra expense involved and i'm not ready to make that leap yet so eventually it'll happen but not now and it'll happen at the point like my bike next year might be boost but I'll only buy a boost bike if I buy something that's just like so absolutely stupid over the top that it has new everything. So I'm actually eyeing a bike that comes with lots of stupid shit that include like boost wheels and just all kinds of stuff. We'll we'll talk about it in the future maybe. I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. But, yeah, don't um, jinx anything. Yeah, so... Uh, I think Andrea has something to rant about that Amanda will be able to relate to well. And this has to do with uh, ladies and equality at races. Getting the shaft in a bad way. Boost. Let's hear it. I want to hear this. Boost shaft. Stop. Or would that be shaft boost? Okay, so there's a race every year in Memphis called, uh, well, it's just Legends of Stanky Creek. It's um it's at a local trail. It's legendary. Oh wait, that's the Horseshoe Casino. Anyway, uh, and they do a time trial on. They usually do like a Friday afternoon evening, like early evening time trial, and then Saturday race. No, Saturday, or Saturday Saturday, Saturday, Saturday time trial. Whatever. It's a it's an afternoon time trial, and then sat or the next day they race cross country. This year, um. <clears throat> the flyer stated that there would be no separate, well, I mean, it wasn't in this many words, but basically this year there was to be no women's actual race. Um, the women would just race against men in their respective categories. Um, I was, I, a friend of mine, I, I'm in Colorado now, if you don't know by now, um, but a friend of mine from Nashville brought this up with the race promoter who basically said, thanks for the feedback, fuck off, we'll think about it next year. He didn't say fuck off, but basically he said fuck off. Um, And then she kind of pressed the issue a little bit more with him, and he said, well, if you can find a person to sponsor a payout for the women, like they weren't even, this isn't even like about equal, at this point it's not even about equal payout. It's about the fact that like... And maybe you you didn't explain this, so like... All the Cat 1 women would race with the Cat 1 men. Yeah. And and not necessarily like Cat 1 women race with the men for start times of the time trial, but scoring of this time trial. So like They weren't even going to separate the women's times and just say like, hey, women's open for, you know, like for the Tibra point, for like Tennessee Bike Racing Association points. Like they weren't even going to be able to be scored like that. Like, they just weren't going to score the women separately, let alone give the women any sort of, like, 
you know, they didn't dollar, even dollar bills, y'all. they didn't even like go to a bike shop and be like, hey, do you have like a really shitty pair of ugly extra large socks we could throw to the women's winner? Do epic shit. <laughs> like they they didn't even do that. Like they just said, oh, you know, there probably won't be a lot of women that show up, and we couldn't get sixty dollars in prize money to to award to the women, so we just won't have a women's category. They're just going to race against the men. And really, if there's anyone listening to this recording right now who thinks that's just who thinks that's okay and can't see what's wrong with that, go slam your dick in a door. Hit the stop button and don't ever listen to this fucking podcast again because fuck you. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. So I'm basically I'm what. <laughs> what? Matt's laughing at me now. You just drop the hammer so fuck. Just just don't ever listen to us don't again. Li- if you think that it's okay to just be like, oh, whatever. They're t- it's just the women's... Women don't really need a race. They can just race against the men and, you know, they're just not that important. And I know that the race promoter, that, that wasn't like his thought process, like, but it... it, it that's that's basically what you're telling women who that's are raising. That's the take-home message. That's the take-home message, yeah. It's like you're not important enough for us to even bother breaking out your score. Like if it was there's a women's open time trial, but they don't get any awards or they get like some medals or, you know, we'll like write Legends of Stanky Creek and Marker on a tree branch and hand it to the winner. Like that would suck. But it wouldn't piss me off as much as just being like, yeah, just, yeah, fuck them. You know, that's, that's, it's fucking ridiculous. So I, I am sponsoring the women's time trial at Stanky Creek with $60 of my own money because fuck those guys for being misogynistic assholes. And that's my rant for the day. I agree. Like I said, if you, if you think that's okay, if you. If you can't see what's wrong with that situation, you can just fuck off and die. Just don't ever talk to any female again. Go live someplace that's all men and just do us all a favor and leave women alone for the rest of your life. You know what cracks me up about that is that yeah. and, and not like actually makes me laugh, but kind of makes my stomach churn and makes me want to throat punch someone is that they're it's it's not like this. It's just this total, complete lack of humanity. It's it's male privilege at its finest. And like, sorry, Matt. Sorry, guys. It's but I tell like fucking bullshit. It's just it's so nobody else matters except for those guys. It's not the fact that, you know, there are women coming into sport. The fact that, you know what? There aren't a lot of places for women to actually that women know about that they want to go race and to just completely do away with a women's race or a ranking even, you know, like you were saying, like a podium. Why? Because you personally don't feel like it's relevant. Well, what about the women who are planning and showing up? They clearly feel like it's relevant. So because you personally don't feel like they're actually going, how about you ask them? How about you say, how about you deal with them, you know, like they're people, you know, treat them, treat them as humans and say, yeah, would it be okay with you? Oh, no, you don't like that. Okay. Yeah. You know what? We'll have, we'll have a ranking. We'll have a race. We'll do you know, we'll do it like we've always done. That's that's cool. Like we we can't give you an award or anything, but we'll at least, you know, like break your times out on the result. And if and if you can't something. do that, you shouldn't be fucking race promoter. Like you should not be doing what you're trying to do. Like if you can't approach a shop or a company for an old pair of socks or a one-off tire or something, 
You're yeah, like here's a 26 inch area. wire bead tire for your effort. Yeah, <laughs> you you're know? in the wrong fucking spot. Like that's what I don't understand about a lot of the races right now here in the U.S. I'm actually trying to write an article on it. It's been a fucking nightmare, but it's you know just the general lack of promotion of races. It's you know and you know there are always going to be exceptions that are fucking awesome and the promoters do an amazing job. But even with, you know, even, you know, for example, USAC is probably going to revoke my license for what I'm about to say. But <laughs> honestly, the GRT series is fucking pathetic with their lack of sponsorships. The lack the fact that USA Cycling hasn't approached anyone about, hey, you know what? Gravity racing is really fucking taken off. How would you like to sponsor our series? How would you really like to be the champion of the only points earner for the UCI in the U.S. for gravity racers? I mean, like, that's a pretty heavy, it's a pretty heavy mantle that a company, I'm sure that there are multiple companies out there that would really like the opportunity to work with USA Cycling if they weren't such dicks. And, <laughs> and I mean, like, that's, that's definitely going to get me into some trouble, but. At the you same better time, watch out. I think that USA Cycling find someone for bad mouthing them on Twitter one time. No, I mean, they didn't. They did not. Oh, okay. They did not. They've. That there was clarification from USAC. The person was told. It doesn't. It no, doesn't matter. You can just was, say I was wrong. No, at the but the thing is, the person was being a dick in person at the race and was told not to talk about like to you know don't yell at the officials and stuff like that and like kept yelling at the officials and took it to Twitter and then like the dude got his fine in the mail because he like stormed off like a pouty little bitch. No, oh, because okay. he didn't yeah, get free okay. socks. He didn't get free socks for getting like eighth in Cat Four or something. Yeah, I mean, that's I I I understand that. Like, I understand the bureaucratic smackdown. Of, I mean, like, anyone who does but, that deserves a bitch slap. But but here's the thing: like, you say that USAC is fucking up. Like, they held their first Fat Bike Nationals the same weekend that there was that giant Berkey bike race, Fat Bike race. Yeah. Like they stepped on the toes of an extremely established and like well attended like venue sold out race, at, just so Ned and fucking Rebecca could win a fat bike national championship. And for like, what? That's bullshit. I because am their race has more value. No. Oh wait, she wasn't on a spe- was. was she so she rode a special lot. She, she okay. rode a fat boy, but she had like it was it, it was no, label. it was just stickered over. It was just like <laughs> it was blanked over. Okay. Because I, I, I like looked at the bike and recognized it. I'm like, yeah, that's a fat boy. Like it has to be. Yeah. So. I'm sure she has one. Yeah, and you know, like you know, and I'm 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 sure I'm gonna catch heat for you know all of my opinions because God forbid anyone have any any of their own. But you know, it's it sucks. It it definitely sucks that there's not more, especially for what you know. Like right now, I'm sitting in a I'm sitting in a campsite out here at Gravity Nationals. And or mountain bike nationals this year. They're all smashed together for the first time in a long time, which is fucking cool. Thank you. If anyone's fucking listening, that's awesome. I'm super excited about that. It's going to be a real party. Um, but it would be really nice not to, it would be really fucking nice not to have to cover everything and then come out here on top of a license, on top of race fee, and then come out here and cover multiple days of lift tickets because USAC couldn't work something out with the mountain. Like, Wait, so you signed up to race and you have to buy your own lift ticket? 
Correct. All week. Except for mm-hmm. except for my qualifying run and my race run. Everything else I get to pay for to get on the mountain to practice. And quite honestly, like USA Cycling is the feder is the is the cycling federation in the US. Like that's it. That's all there is. I mean outside of, you know, like the Enduro and whatnot. But Or like Orbra, like the Oregon bicycle, like there's one state that's still holding out, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like how, how do you do that to the point where we're, and it's not cheap. It's not, you know, entry was not cheap this year. And, and you have so many, you have so many people coming from so many places across the country to race and we're bringing money into the town. We're bringing, I mean, I'm not, I know that like my first day here, I've already spent $120. And it's not, that has nothing to do with race expenses. It's just, it's just being here. It's just, you know what I'm saying? And so it's, it's one of those things that if as a racer, and I'll say this as a full, as a professional downhill racer, and not just as a female, but as a professional downhill racer, I fucking resent that. I resent that like hell because I have to work a fucking job. I have to work a side job. I have to work multiple side jobs to afford my, this habit that probably is a little bit more expensive than heroin. And it's it's fucking tough to actually get behind an organization that will do that to their own to their own racers. And that that, it makes it really hard to be a cohesive like, hey, bro, I love you. No, it makes it really tough. And that's that's my rant. So. Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely that sucks. Let's take it like skeet. Like I think ski resorts are like the biggest freaking racket in the world. Well, they're like the outdoor version of of Walt Disneyland. Absolutely. They're like, oh, you want a bottle of water? That's seventy three dollars. Yeah. And like, heaven forbid, you need something this weekend that you don't have with you. Oh, I'd be fucked. Like, like if you cut a tire that you didn't have, um, like. You would have to spend like eighty five dollars to buy what a, uh, what would retail for like fifty down here in Denver. I'd probably spend one ten on a downhill tire here. God, that's more Which, than a moto tire. I can go into my local, not into my local, but I can go and buy a goddamn tire for a dirt bike for that much. Don't get me started on that. But I mean, and that's like that's the disappointing thing about it is just the race promotion. Like, they're exceptional race promoters. Like, in Utah, we have an amazing couple that does our races, our gravity races. And they're they're amazing. But there are a lot of things that, if, you don't, if you're not passionate about it, don't do it. If you're going to do it half-assed, if you're going to promote half-assed, if you're going to cut a women's class, why? Why bother? Someone else is going to step up and do it better than you will. Yeah, definitely. And if you're not, you know, if you're not into it, if you're not so on why do it? It's just... I don't know. Doesn't really make much sense. It's almost to the. I mean, it's it's. It just sucks. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just awful. I mean, are you are you getting the tired? No, I'm just like really frustrated about like. I mean, it just sucks extra to be. You don't have you don't have to feel bad that you have male privilege. Well, no, no. What I was gonna say though is like it's really fucked up that there's a company out there that wants to pay someone to ride their new gravel bike all around and like show off and pretty much just do like a PR circle jerk. And there's people that are like making this their living 
and they don't get the sponsorship because we've evolved to the point where like everyone gets a medal. So a Grand Fondo is better than a fucking downhill race because at the downhill race, someone gets hurt and then someone like fucking tacos their wheel and then they don't get a medal and it sucks for them. But the Grand Fondo is awesome. So the Grand Fondo makes like a gajillion dollars and Shram steps in and gives like a fucking, I don't know, like Shram one by road for every child for like the winners of the fucking Grand Fondo. But people that are downhill racing like have to fucking like hustle three jobs and sell their old motorcycles to and go to buy races. their own lift tickets. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's fucking that's, stupid. That's Olympic priority right there. That's I mean. You know, and that's that's a touchy subject in the downhill community, too, is just because, you know, there are, you know, like XC, you know, there are so many there's so many disciplines of cycling that are in the Olympics and we are not. And that's probably a really good thing. Um, Most of us would rather burn the building down than actually walk in the front door, I think. Um, But. I think that that takes precedent for, for USA Cycling instead of just saying, oh, you know, all right, you guys go be the North American Gravity Association or whatever the hell it is. You know, they're, they're not content to that. They want a piece of the pie. They want a piece of the pie. Oh, so it's like you're, you're saying, like, if you love something, let it go. But they don't love us. Yeah. They're, we're the Harry Potters of their family. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> analogy, but. You know, I've never, the, I've never watched or read Harry Potter, so oh, I, I don't. Harry Potter's Muggle family didn't really love him because he was weird, so he had to sleep in like this little room that was under, under the, the under, under the staircase. Seriously, Andrea? What? You haven't watched Harry Potter? No, I haven't. It's like, I don't like you. movies. It's like kind of, it's kind of weird. Uh, maybe I guess yeah. No, read I don't books. have movies, don't movies, and I and no. I know I should read books, but I you know if someone you if one of our listeners just mailed me a copy of the books, I would probably... Have you seen how fucking big they are? They're they're huge, but I know they're, like, easy reading, so it, it's okay. I would probably read them eventually. <laughs> you know, Andrea, there's uh, there's movies out. You can blow through those on a flight. They're, they're pretty easy to watch. I don't like to fly. Really? Yeah. I, I'm not an airport person. I don't like crowds and stuff. I like it up here in the mountains where I see like four people a day. And <laughs> One of them is like an Optum Kelly Benefits pro road rider coming by with his pockets all like overflowing. Well, yeah, I see like four people a day and uh, it's quiet. And I see moose. I see like more animals than I do people and I like that. That sounds ideal. I don't blame yeah. you at all. You R- get rural out of Colorado. Here, you damn kids with your Harry Potter movies. I want to. <laughs> I want to go moose watching. <laughs> oh my god! So, so. Kenny, have, just for that, you're gonna get trampled by a moose when you come out here. I probably will. Yeah, that's fine. So I don't know if this will be the last time that um, we have Amanda with us. I hope not. It's kind of been fun, but uh, I have two questions for you. Um, one is going to be a bike question, and one's going to be a personal question. So, what is your least favorite bike part that was produced or spec'd on bikes within the last three years? Um, yeah, you could have told her ahead of time so she'd have an answer. No. I mean, can we I talk even current? I mean, no, no, within the last three years. So, you can't harp on, like, the 1997 Judy or, like, 
the, I don't know, Magura Rim hydraulic brakes. I'm talking about like the 2016 Boost. <laughs> sure. If you hate that. You don't um, like that? I mean, the last... Damn. I mean... Uh, Good job. All you a, did was make a bunch of dead air. <sighs> I mean, I think the last... In the last three years, the part that I hate the most would be the advent of the super thin... I mean, I guess that's not recent, but... No, that's fine. If it's still something that's in use is what I meant. Um, gener- I'm going to go with the general category here. The weight weenie shit. Like, holy fuck. I don't, I don't want to ever talk to another person who asks me... Well, how much does it weigh? Bro, if you're really concerned about that, first of all, you wouldn't be buying parts from me. You're you're either you're asking me for one of two reasons. You're so pro that you have to worry about every gram because the UCI is checking your bike, or two, because you're a weight weenie who doesn't do his gym time. And generally <laughs> it's the latter. And I swear to God, this this overhyped like especially in the downhill industry. Like, oh I have a Sub 30 downhill bike. Yeah, does it stick to the ground? Doesn't really matter if your tires don't stay on the ground because guess what? Something on the ground is going to move faster than something in the air. And it's, you know, and, and that's, that sounds kind of, you know, a little, a little bit dickish. I get that. But at the same time, there's so many, there's been so many problems. For example, the SB6. Let's make it as light as we can. Let's make it as thin as we can. And it's going to be so fucking unstructurally sound that even the people we pay to say good things about it don't say good things about it. <laughs> and that's, I mean, like, it's a symptom, yes, and we're pushing the bar a little bit too far. Um, but that would be my number one beef. That's my, that's that's the big one for me. Stuff that's that too light to be functional. And that's that's really cool but that you say that. I love my carbon cranks. I love my carbon cranks. Well, I mean, they function. They work. You you pedal really hard, and they make you go forward, and they don't break. Well, there's a happy medium there. I mean, if it's not crazy flexy and it doesn't break and it's super yeah. light, then it's probably okay. But, you know, that's a really oh, good, you know, my bike, my hardtail 29er weighs 27 pounds, but it's like I have a dropper seat post. I have really durable tires with, like, a thick casing. They're the heaviest cross-country tires that you can get before you start squeaking into, like, all-mountain or downhill casings. It's got a pike on it. It has a fucking comfortable saddle. It has comfortable grips. Like, all those things added up to a 27-pound hardtail. But, like, it fucking rips downhill. So, and, like, it pedals well. Like, it does everything I want it to do. It just happens to weigh 27 pounds. And, like, I've... I used to worry about what things weighed, and I don't anymore. Like, my heavier carbon cross bike is a more comfortable road bike than my alloy road bike was. I mean, it's just just kind of makes sense. So, um, all right, so that's that's good. Well, I mean, other question- I mean, I'm not... Go ahead. Go, no, I was just going to say, I'm not, you know, hating on people who like their stuff light. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I think that we've taken it a little too far. Because I, you know, as long as, you know... Like Kenny said, you know, as long as it's light, as long as it's durable, then hell yeah. Great. Technology is awesome. All right. So what's the next question? Um, God, I was going to add something to that. I was going to say there's some people 
who ride who who like bikes for the sake of riding bikes. There's other people that like bikes for the sake of owning bikes. And if you're really stoked about riding bikes, it's hard to get stoked about people that are trying to build that 12 pound road bike or that 29 pound downhill bike. Well, or for the, a lot, you gotta the, understand. I mean, it's a really it's a really cool thing you bring that up because like I I meet those people all the time, and they're just that. I think they just sit in their office and they have a little bit of money and they're bored and they start looking at parts and like, whoa, that's super rare. Whoa, that's super light. I'm going to buy that and I'm going to build this cool little project. It's like their little train set that they have at home in their basement. It's like really sad. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's very, that's a hundred percent what it is. It's, it's, it, and I say this about bike shop employees. Um, there's some people that work at bike shops that ride bikes. There's some people that work at bike shops that own bikes and they're very different groups of people. So the other question that I have for you is, what so we talked about this a little bit before the show started as a lady i think that you suffer a different type of abuse from the cycling community and just from the world in general that me as a privileged white male i mean that's what it is white male privilege like i can do whatever the fuck i want to do because i'm a white dude right but as a female in this male dominated sport and world like what are your what Obviously, being undermined, working and trying to make your living in this industry, both through like working at shops and and racing. Like, what's your biggest complaint from an equality or just a general like skeeziness standpoint? Like, what's your what's your beef there? My beef, um, the only beef that I would probably say is. Don't tell me I can't do shit, because I will do it just to prove you wrong. And, you know, that that goes for everyone. You know, that goes for, um, you know, like, don't tell me I can't say fuck. You tell me I can't say fuck, guess what I'm going to do? Um, you know, and it's, you know, and it's, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, she's, she's, she's like a junkyard dog. She just doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have any manners. You know what? That's actually... You know, that's not true, um, but sometimes I just do it to prove a point because I think that there are so, there are so many closed-minded things that, you know, everybody wants to put someone in a little box. They want to, you know, they want to, oh, you know, your girl, your girl, you just sit over there, don't say anything, don't have an opinion, don't go faster than you should, and for God's sake, stop falling. Just get married and pop out some babies, please. <laughs> You know, and that's that's cool if that's your thing, but at the same time, gender, just like looks, is a roll of the dice. It's it's literally it's a genetic lottery, and I happened to I don't feel like I lost, but the world does, and so the world, quite frankly, can go fuck itself because I didn't lose. I won, and and I win every single day. Every single day, I wake up and I get to be myself, and that's the coolest fucking thing ever. And I wouldn't be that if I wasn't born a girl. And, you know, there are even even on the days where I think, God damn, life would be so much easier if I were just a dude and I would and I didn't have to constantly bang my forehead against this horrible wall. And I didn't have to bring up issues that should be long gone by now that we shouldn't even you don't, be talking about. You don't have someone like when you they they walk in the shop and you're like putting new seals in a fork. They're like, oh, you do suspension, too. Like, would you ask me that oh, if I was oh, a guy? I'll, I'll pick up the phone. 
I'll pick up the phone and they were like, well, I'd like to talk to your, uh, I'd like to talk to your bike tech. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you got her. What would you like to do? <laughs> like, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where that, that would be my biggest beef is to where people are surprised at that, that because I happen to have been born with a little bit different hardware that I'm doing whatever the hell that I want. And that's, <laughs> you know, like even today, like I, I drove through a, I drove through a small town in Nevada on my way out here and I pulled in and, you know, I was, I was paying for something at a counter and the guy goes, those are your bikes? And I said, yeah, why? <laughs> he goes, he goes, you're traveling alone? And he started, yeah. it's like, he's like, he's like, do you have a gun? Like, you know what, do your parents know where you are? And I looked at him and I was like, my parents have a vague, pretty, a pretty vague idea of where I'm going. No, I haven't checked in with anyone. No, I'm not carrying a weapon. Yes, those bikes are mine. And yes, I'm going to race them. And it was just the look on his face. And it wasn't a personal affront. It was just, it was kind of entertaining at how mind blown he was that a girl had the gall to leave the house all by herself. And it I know. Was, and, I get and that all the time, too. Yeah, you get that. I'm sure you get that all the time. You're like, I'll be out riding alone, which I love to do. That's my one. That's like one source of sanity for me. I love riding alone. And, you know, someone, some, some smarty on the, on the trail will always. And it's always a guy. It's always a guy. I've never gotten it from a woman. And, so, you know, he's, he, he feels like he's clever. And I've, I still haven't figured out whether it's like a it's a pickup line. It's like an intro. It's like his, you know, foot in the door. Um, you know, he's like, yeah, you're all, you're out here all by yourself, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, <laughs> well, you're a badass. Nope. <laughs> nope. Just, just out here. Just kind of, you know, just trying to enjoy my ride. You know, and it's not, it's not like a personal attack for me. It's more of just like a, just like a general closed mindedness that, yeah, that people are surprised, I think. And I think that, you know, that goes for the Tinder thing that goes for, you know, that goes, that goes for every aspect of my life. The fact that I'm, you know, opinionated or, you know, people just don't, people don't expect women to be human. I think, I think they forget that. I think they forget that, you know, we're, we're people sometimes. And that's something that I struggle with all the time as a guy. Um, and since moving, I feel like I'm at a little bit of an advantage because I have a Southern accent and I feel like I have this this in, um, I offer help to people or check and see if people need help. And like people are genuinely like confused. And sometimes I, depending on their age for, for ladies, I really feel a lot of times almost weird about offering my help to them because I don't want it to come across as that I'm offering to help you because I want to get in your pants. It's more of like the the other day I saw a dude, he was in the shoulder. He had like a an older 26-inch carbon Yeti, and he was like dicking around in his seat pack as I was riding up. So I like cruised up, and I'm like, you got everything you need? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. Just Just messing with my seat a little bit. I'm like, cool. And I rode on. And I would do that for everyone, guy, girl, anyone. And I feel like there's a big big problem of like what most of society would do in that situation is like trying to like be like hey girl you need any help and like me just like making sure like did you fucking drop your multi-tool or forget to get it out of your other shorts like 
you know, like I genuinely care about that kind of thing. And Oh, I think people do. I think that's a cycling thing. Like today, you know, there, I mean, there's always going to, I think that's a cyclist thing. We want to help each other out. Like I'll come on, you know, I'll come through the trail and I'll, you know, I'll see someone pulled over by the side of the road. If they look, you know, if they, if they look like they've got it all, you know, I'm like, you guys good? Just a quick thumbs up, you know, it's, you know, and, and if they're not, then, then, you know, it's definitely, you know, stopping and helping, but there's, there's always this, you know, and I don't think, you know, despite what, you know, multiple, you know, media outlets would love to suggest, you know, I don't kind of, I don't look at everything like, oh, what's, what's your angle? You know, there's tones. You can always tell by someone's tone of voice, like how they're approaching. And I'm sure Andrea can speak to that. You know, like when someone comes into the shop and they're like, so can you help me? It's, that is a genuine, like, hey, I need some help from somebody. Where yeah, yeah. It's like, instead of, I, I need instead help of, versus can, can you help, help me? me? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's one is a, one is a, please help me. The other one is a, I doubt your skills because you happen to have different hardware than I do. And that's yeah. the tone of voice just alone is, is day and night. And you can always tell. And, and you know, and that's what sucks. That's what really sucks is because it's not, and that's what's really hard about it. You can't just point it out and be like, that's a fucking problem. Because how do you, how do you make that kind of a statement? You know, how do you, how do you exclaim, how do you choose which is a problem that's not where it's the same exact words? It's just intonation or it might be the look on someone's face or it might be, it could be, it could be a whole, you know, it could be a whole spectrum of human behavior and, and, you know, some of it could be a problem and others it's just not. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is, is, is how to communicate that is how to say, you know, just, just roll with it. Generally, you know, women on bikes, they know what they want. Um, you know, you're never going to hear, <laughs> you know, some, someone who's out riding, someone who's out, you know, kind of doing her own thing. You're never going to hear, well, like, well, why don't you tell me what to do? You know, it's never going to be like this. I got myself out of here, but now I'm screwed. So, you know, it's, it's always pretty generally, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dried on that, on that front. You're, you're going to see the damsel in distress walk into the bike store. Some, some ladies will come into the bike store and turn on the damsel in distress like the, can you help me with my bike, baby? I'm a lady. Can you help me? So all the mechanics like, drop the fucking campy shifter they're rebuilding, like put a bunch of dot five fluid into a Shimano brake and run out the door to help her. Like just do dumb shit because they're like swooning over. And then you're, but you're never going to see that trail side. You're never going to run into the lady, that same lady out on the road. If like you passed her or saw her like at a, at a, like a park using the bathroom and be like, how's your ride going? She'd be like, great. You know, like, you know, and it's just so crazy. It is. Oh, there's definitely a double standard. Like, and I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm super hypocritical when it comes to that. Like I've walked, um, like I'll be the first to own this and I will say this out loud and anyone can chat it from the rooftops if they want. I've walked into a shop and totally turned on the charm. I never played the damsel in a stress card, but I have, <laughs> I will say I have totally turned on the charm. I'm not going to lie. I can't lie about that. Like it's a chick thing, but you know what? I figure at the end of the day, where you guys get your privilege and we get our charm, I figure it kind of weighs out. Like it, there's a little bit of even, there's a, that it evens the playing field just a bit. 
It's no different than when I wear like really tight pants to work and a lady asks for help. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I can give you a hand today and just like turn it on for her. Or like the other day, a lady called and asked if we could help her get her pedals off her bike. And I'm like, cougar bait. She's like, can you help us get the she's like, I just can't get the pedal off. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I can get it off. And then she's like, well, it's she's like, well, it's pretty stuck. And I'm like, sometimes it takes two of us. We tag team your bike and it gets off every time. Like I said that to this lady over the phone and she nearly lost it laughing. Like, that's the thing. Like you turn it on when it's appropriate and like when it's like received and when it's the time. It's just I don't know. It's tough. So this is officially our longest show ever. I think we need to. People are probably like drooling on their desk by now, inundated from like all the 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 <laughs> information information that we've given them. Kenny's probably just like drunk on chicken nuggets right now. Uh, I only had five chicken nuggets today, actually. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, they they don't count as one if you mash twenty together and eat it at one time. No, the problem is I'm coming down from a, a nugget high, so I'll go I'll go find some more. I'll go uh, I'll go walk down the street see if I can find some nuggets in a minute. Well, that's good. Uh, is there anything that you want to add on at the end? We normally we can add on anything you want. Hmm. I mean, we've closing said, words. <laughs> we've said a lot. I think that I think that we're good. I think we're good. Awesome. Well, I hope I don't want to say good luck this weekend because that makes it sound like that you need luck to do well. I hope that you have no misfortune because especially with all the expense and effort and hassle of, of trying to get there and race. Like I hope that you don't have any misfortune or sort of un, I don't know, just over the top stuff. I hope, I happened. hope that if you break a chain on the starting gate that you win overall. I, I, I would fuck. I would really hope that too. No, you know, <laughs> I've got some, I've got some great people. I will say that those are the words that I want to say. I have some amazing people in my corner who make sure that I get taken care of. Um, I have some amazing sponsors who have ensured that, that that stuff doesn't happen, you know, knock on wood. But, um, you know, I'm lucky to have some really great companies, you know, like Chris King, Hestra, they've come out with some bike gloves and they are, that's, that's probably my favorite part. I work with companies who, who truly have the best, the best motives and and they employ the best people and you know and i have i have some cheering teams at home that i'm pretty lucky to have in my corner so yeah we'll be cheering for you so i got lucky i've already gotten lucky i would say that i've already gotten lucky as far as this weekend is concerned you know the work's done i'm ready to play so so thanks for having me guys appreciate that awesome well thanks for coming on do the closing part. Stop looking at the fish. <laughs> I forgot what the show was brought. Oh, yeah, the craziest. Something about a roller coaster. It doesn't yeah. matter. My Thank- love is like a roller coaster, baby, baby. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening to Just Riding Along. Um, Amanda, thank you for uh, giving us a, a couple of hours of your time now that we've worked through technical difficulties that we have every week. And, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, we'll... Talk to you guys next time.